Chapter six of the Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six A Social Problem. Believe in it, Callie? They were having a family council in the evening. The wife had her bit of sewing, in which she was now and then taking stitches while she talked, and the husband, as he asked the question, arose and walked to the window to throw out the stump of a cigar smoke from which still curled about the pretty parlor she did not believe in that at least it had been a surprise to her and a pain when she had discovered after their marriage that her husband occasionally smoked a good cigar that was his way of putting it she had not known quite what to say so had said little until a day or two after the serious compact had been entered into to consecrate their tenth to the lord then she had half playfully but with an earnest undertone of meaning said to him by the way warren we have made no allowance for cigars in our schedule of expenses and yet i smell the odor of smoke how is that and he had flushed and there had flashed over his face and manner a slight touch of haughtiness gone the next instant as he explained i saved the amount from the sum allotted for my dinner callie I found I would rather have the cigar and go without the cup of coffee I am in the habit of taking. Don't be afraid, dear. I shall not break our compact for the sake of personal indulgence. Then she hastened to explain that she feared no such thing, and tried to impress him with the belief that the coffee would be so much better for him than the cigar, and he had laughed and assured her he was in perfect health and needed no coffee for a stimulant that the cigar was a mere habit company sort of he cared comparatively little for it and should never be tempted to inveterate smoking and the wife had believed that she must drop the subject and bide her time none the less did she disapprove of the cigar it was rarely that it found its way into her parlor but the fact that it appeared there at all showed how entirely ignorant her husband was of her true feeling on the subject meantime she answered his question why yes i believe in social life perhaps those things are not as well managed as they might be but i have always recognized the importance of the social element in society indeed it has seemed to me that we were not as christians doing half that we might in that direction do you suppose christian culture is at the bottom of mrs bacon's social scheme her husband asked with laughing eyes still he added answering himself we have no right to pick flaws in her motives especially when they are plain enough without picking mrs spafford answered and then these two who understood each other so well and were tempted to say what they would not allow others to say laughed at their own thoughts the fact was that mrs bacon despite the fatigues following upon her vigorous efforts to get the little church out of debt and which the evening proving rainy had resulted in a net profit of only twenty dollars had yet rallied her forces and resolved to give an evening entertainment a select affair attended by some of her downtown friends to this entertainment strangely enough mr and mrs spafford were invited they had exclaimed over the invitation in genuine surprise but had refrained from discussing the reasons for it they each however in reviewing the matter 
had arrived at the same conclusion as was evidenced by the husband saying gravely i tell you what it is callie it is a lucky thing for us that general ward howell happens to be our uncle only it will necessitate a new necktie just as sure as you live and his wife had flushed over mrs bacon's motives and laughed and then answered the reference to dress now you have touched upon a bewildering point it doesn't trouble me much just now because fortunately i am a bride and have a toilet that will do very well but suppose that these entertainments continue and we continue to be general ward howell's niece it will involve expense and i don't see how we are to meet expenses of that sort i don't either in my opinion we shall have to remain by our own vine and fig tree finding our pleasure in domestic life that is the reason why i asked you in a general way whether you believed in it not exactly in social life but in our ability to enter into it ought we not to commence as we can continue i think so and for that very reason we should arrange for some social gatherings we cannot sit down like hermits at home at least i suppose we have no right to we must mingle with other people and get and give these phases of life are opportunities not accidents i suppose mr spafford surveyed his wife thoughtfully for a moment and then answered upon my word callie i believe you have a different way of looking at every object under the sun from that of common mortals who for instance ever dreamed of finding a duty in party-going save the class of people to whom mrs bacon seems to belong who make it a sort of affectation of the term thrusting it in people's faces when it means nothing but i thought that christian people looked upon these things as bores at the best that must be endured occasionally for the sake of courtesy or custom or something of that sort i don't believe i look upon the ordinary party with its dancing and card-playing as an institution which a christian is ever called upon even to endure but i do look upon social gatherings as so many traps that may be set for the feet of the young and gay good honest traps i mean by means of which they may be drawn in from time to time to the family of christ i regret to tell you that mr spafford answered this remark with a whistle how many people do you suppose go to parties or to social gatherings of any sort with that end in view he asked stopping in the midst of hail columbia i am a yankee warren and so may answer your question by asking another do you think that christians whose rule of life reads whatsoever ye do do all to the glory of god have any right to go to social gatherings or anywhere else separated from this end witness declines to answer said warren with becoming gravity then well now callie suppose for the sake of argument that i am convinced what are we going to do about this cravat and glove business those two articles will hardly do as illustrations either it will come to coats and dresses soon because you see i know enough about the question to understand that the sort of dress which will do for ordinary occasions will not do for these social gatherings i don't believe that she said shaking her head earnestly i believe warren that christian people of to-day ought to enter the lists 
resolved to battle against this foe to social life not only but christian life i think the great trouble in our churches or no i won't put it that way one of the troubles is too much dressing why look at it in this neighborhood there are ever so many nice respectable-looking people whom we don't see in church i asked mrs bacon about that burns family only last evening and she said well the fact is i suspect they haven't clothes that they think suitable to wear to church why i said i met mrs burns and her daughter on the street yesterday and they were very neatly clothed oh neatly yes of course they are quite respectable people but they are like a great many others poor and proud if they can't dress as well as the rest they won't come to church at all such sinful pride that is the way she finished the sentence but it set me to thinking afresh no doubt it is sinful pride but i came home with this verse running continually through my mind woe unto him by whom the offence cometh warren i would like to go to this gathering of mrs bacon's and to every other gathering which we decide to attend dressed as simply as is in keeping with my ideas of neatness and propriety it will take a good deal of moral courage you will find little woman are you equal to the buzz of tongues that will tell in confidence to their intimates don't you think that mrs spafford wore a calico dress to the social last night they must be dreadfully poor i believe i am equal to it she answered him laughing especially since general ward howell is my uncle but i don't intend to wear my calico that would excite unnecessary remark i have a nice fresh muslin prettily made and as simple and inexpensive as it well can be that i fancy will be just the thing then you won't even wear your black silk too warm these june days seem as warm to me as any that i remember in august besides you foolish man when shall i be able to have another black silk on six hundred a year i must make this last for state occasions until i am a grandmother at least isn't mrs bacon's tea-party a state occasion i don't mean to make it such she assured me that it was a quiet little affair just a few friends to spend an hour or two not a party at all i am going to take her at her word and dress accordingly i'll venture you fifty cents that you will be the only lady there out of rich silks and real lace and things very well i haven't real lace and things to appear in and don't expect to have and i am entirely willing to appear in what i have but what about your necktie oh i'll appear in the same old one it will match your muslin dress will you dispose of the glove question in an equally economical manner i never could see the necessity of putting on gloves in order to spend a social evening with one's friends i don't mean to wear any gloves all right that relieves me of the awful necessity for encasing my hands in them to say nothing of the joy of escaping from buying them but my dear little woman this matter had better be looked at from all sides now that we have it up what do you think of the propriety of accepting these invitations from various sources and never being able to return them we can't give parties you know even such quiet and inexpensive affairs as your friend mrs bacon proposes this last with a gleam of mischief in his handsome eyes 
what about enjoying the hospitality of other homes and closing our own i don't want to close our own warren do you of course we can't give parties at present we can't even have a dozen friends at once to take tea with us because with a gay little laugh we haven't cups enough but what is to hinder our inviting first mr and mrs this one and then mr and mrs that one to take a dish of tea with us we have good bread and butter and in fruit time that is as inexpensive as anything and i can even make some of the all-important cake occasionally and i think our friends would enjoy meeting us in that way ever so much callie my child do you really mean that you ever contemplate inviting mr and mrs bacon for instance to take some bread and butter and tea with us why not if on acquaintance it seems to me that she would enjoy such a quiet little bit of home life as that and we would enjoy giving it to her why should we not the idea that obtains in some circles of being indebted to this or that one for hospitality was always a distasteful one to me making a sort of barter of social life i want to entertain my friends as often as i can and as well as i consistently can if they entertain me oftener and in a better manner why i shall enjoy it gratefully without keeping account of the difference in expense mr spafford seemed to feel that there was no way of expressing his feelings better than by resorting to hail columbia again and finishing the bar he was whistling he closed it with a laugh and went to fasten the kitchen door preparatory to ascending the stairs for the night warren his wife said to him rising and going forward to meet him as he returned you have laughed and whistled but i wonder if you know that you haven't expressed an opinion on the entire subject won't you tell me what you think do you believe all this is as visionary as your whistling would seem to indicate don't you think that we as christians and as poor christians can have our place in social life and meet our friends and contribute our share to their enjoyment and get their help he was a tall man and she was a little woman he had a way of putting his hands on her shoulders and looking down into her eyes he placed his hands so at this time and in the handsome brown eyes mischievous eyes dancing half the time with a sense of the irresistibly comical there was more feeling expressed than that of mere amusement now callie he said dear little wifey i'll tell you what i believe i believe in you heartily and in your religion some of your ideas are new to me and i won't deny our startling i am by no means sure that you can bring other people any other people mind you to your way of thinking i have an idea that when you assail the customs of society as regards dress and entertainments you touch very tender points come close to hearts women's hearts anyhow but i like the fun of trying it i'm with you heartily there is a dash of the romantic about me that makes anything like a sensation especially agreeable we will go to this quiet little gathering in muslin and gloveless and do our best as they went up the stairs they severally thought this i wonder deep down in the wife's heart where there quivered a little sigh if warren really means that all these things are simply funny to him and he sees no underlying principle in them 
nor cares for them except as they suggest a sensation he on his part grand little woman trying to make believe that her struggle to hold her own in the society in which she is calculated to shine is a matter of principle and has nothing to do with her having married a poor clerk i would like to shield her alike from the pity and the sneers of the miserable world but since she is too brave to be shielded we will make believe it is all a play and push through and he actually thought it was all because they were poor mrs bacon's little gathering was the subject of talk and thought in other homes and that other subject the attire in which to appear also claimed attention in mrs evans's home the whole matter was productive of pain she too was a bride of not many months standing and the one rich silk which poor as she was had seemed to her an indispensable accessory of marriage would still serve her as an elegant dress she thought of it with complacency and brought it forth but when was a dress laid aside by even a moderately fashionable lady for a few months time without there occurring changes that involved letting out this loop and puckering in that mrs evans's dress proved no exception it had to go to a fashionable dressmaker's to be puckered its mistress knew no other she had spent her year of mourning at an uncle's house and had been married from that home the uncle with an expensive family to support had done for her what he could namely given her an elegant wedding and as showy an outfit as he had dared and the benefit of his elegant wife's and grown-up daughters's expensive advice and habits so by nature and education mrs dane evans knew exactly how the silk should look in order to be elegant and exactly where to go to have the elegance added also she knew and thought of it with bitterness just what the bill would be likely to read especially when it became necessary according to the decrees of fashion to have the arrangement of the lace trimming altered and to add a yard and a half more to the original pattern several other very little additions became necessary to the eyes of the artist and when the reconstructed fabric came home its owner surveyed it with a curious mixture of satisfaction and dismay if only the bill for the same did not lie on the bed beside it how could it cost so ruinously just to make a few little alterations in a dress then came the question of gloves mrs evans no more thought of going to the little gathering with ungloved hands than she thought of going in blue and white muslin and her tormentor jenny west having completed her visit elsewhere was by her side to exclaim as to what could and could not be tolerated altogether taking into consideration the discomfort of dane the new wrinkles that would undoubtedly gather about his forehead the gloom that would be a family guest for weeks perhaps as the result of those bills and the memory of the blush of shame that arose to her cheek when she asked the dressmaker to be kind enough to wait a few weeks till another instalment of her husband's salary was due mrs evans attired herself for the gathering with a heavy heart she was not comforted by the fact that dane pronounced the whole affair a confounded nuisance and refused to get any new gloves for himself until two hours before the time for starting to be sure he bought them at last 
unfortunately dane evans was one who like his wife recognized the necessity of doing as other people did end of chapter six